I start with an invitation. In the recent weeks, I have been asking to ask you a question in teams and meetings. What does leadership look like? What does leadership look like for this coming year? What does leadership look like? As we prepare for this year to come with all the vagaries of how to be with each other, the very nature of religious life in our social context, our conditions of illness and racism and impoverishment and climate change. What does leadership look like? When the church itself, the religious institutions themselves, the Protestant church in particular, we haven't had to change the nature of worship drastically in hundreds of years, truly. And now we do. And now we must. We must determine and understand our purpose and consider who do we want to be and who we need to be. I also want to say up front here that this worship marks the formal campaign, a uh, formal kickoff of our annual campaign. And this is the season when members and friends make a financial pledge for what you and I will give for the year to come. The annual campaign is a chance to articulate our mission, our values, our hopes, and even some dreams. The annual campaign is one of my favorite times of congregational life because we get to wonder together. We have a chance to imagine how to meet our aspirations and how to give a firm place from which to launch into the future. We get to listen to each other as the people did in the tree of life in the story. Be the embodiment we get to be, as Alondria Williams reminds us, this talking about our finances, our hopes, and our dreams. This is faith in action. It is no surprise, of course, that the annual campaign team and I would invite everyone to generosity, whatever generosity looks like in your life. And I certainly do like to say that the chance to give can happen on any day ending in why whatever giving looks like for you. But more importantly, generosity. Generosity really comes from thoughtful connection and reflection on what matters most. This is an invitation and everyone, everyone is included. The question of leadership is one of need, what is needed, and one of imagination. What can happen? Why are we here? What matters about our presence and ministry in Peoria? And what shall we become? I am so grateful for all the creativity and the energy and the showing up of this past year. Just as with politics, all theology is local. What we believe, what we truly believe, shows up in our daily actions. We have done so much to be with each other in all the ways possible while being separated 
as an act of love. It matters to me that my family and I get to be here with you. I have said early on, and I will keep saying, that this is the ministry where I want to be in a time of pandemic. With all of the care and the enthusiasm and the creative response, and I hear that same, that same sentiment from you in so many ways that we've gathered this year, in so many ways that we've connected. And I also want to say the work of this past year and this past two years, that we have had a chance to be part of our larger faith, and that's made a difference as well. That has mattered. The great work of our faith in this past year was the effort called You, You, The Vote, Reverend Susan Frederick Gray talked about this effort uh, in her sermon, uh, Loved Into Being. Um, she talked about it, um, that this was a never-before effort to coordinate with uh, local organizers, to reach across the country, to get as many people registered to vote, and hopefully vote with love in their minds and hearts in this 2020, in the past 2020 election. It was never done by our association in quite the way. She had just tossed this out as an idea in our General Assembly, our annual gathering in 2019 to the thousands of delegates that were there, and people loved it. She said, what if we got one million people to vote? And she describes it saying, she was wondering if that was a little big of a goal. We're not an enormous denomination. She kind of dialed it back a little bit in some of the later meetings. But it didn't take long before. Thousands of people showed up. Thousands of volunteers helped. Thousands of hours were donated. Over $1 million raised to make this national campaign to bring everybody into action, to give everybody a voice. And in fact, the result was that we reached Three, over three million people were reached in this campaign. And I know that so many of you were part of that effort in sending postcards, in meeting, in advocating, in learning, in sending more postcards, just in the hope that people would show up. And people did. We just had this effort to affirm the value of the vote and the worthiness of a voice. And this is just one of the great examples of living out our values. And we need to celebrate and keep celebrating all the efforts, large and small. And we need to do this while we are engaged in the struggle of the world. Because part of why this is so important that we live these values is because there is such heartbreak. There is so much heartbreak uh, when news officials cast doubt on the results of elections and continue to do so. There's so much that our hearts break at increased acts of violence against people who are Asian Pacific, uh, Asian American and Pacific Islander. There's so much bias. Um, reminds us of how deep our systems of oppression run and that it's not just black and white. It is enormous and infinite and complicated. We, we make these grand efforts even when we may or may not be learning the lessons of the earth, 
when people reduced their demands and on the consumption on the planet this past year, and it became more green and more clean. And now we're kind of rising into travel once again and rising into consumption once again. Will we learn and what will we learn and what will we make happen as a result of what's been learned? So what does leadership look like when we're the world is on the forming edge of life beyond the pandemic? What does a liberal religious response call us to when it is hard to have faith sometimes in people and our ability to learn and grow? I know I've shared a couple of times that, you know, that daily mantra I have to kind of cycle through emotionally this past year. I love people. I need people. I can't stand people. How? What does leadership look like when all of this wonder and all of this struggle is in our hearts? Unitarian Versus theologian Sharon Welch reminds us that the many victories of injustice do not belie the richness of life possible when alienation between humans and between humanity and nature is overcome. The appropriate symbol for the process of celebrating life enduring limits, resisting injustice, is the beloved community. The beloved community, she says, names the matrix within which life is celebrated, love is worshipped, and partial victories over injustice lay the groundwork for further acts of criticism and courageous defiance. The work we do as a beloved community is this foundation, is this work, and how much we are needed in this moment. The purpose of our beloved communities provide places. Remember I said theology is local, politics is local, love is local. This is the kind of place where multiple generations find each other for company, for mutual care, for finding themselves. And the finding that happens when we have a chance to hear the story that is me, and the story that is you, and then it becomes the story that is us. This is a year that has been a test of how precious our lives are, how important our democratic systems are, and how much is needed to lay before us, to meet the challenge laid before us by Alondria Williams, to truly fulfill a world where every person is valued, where we truly know and live that we are worthy. There is no other body quite like a community of faith in our society even. We are multi-generational, welcoming, provide opportunities for service, celebrating lives, celebrating all the anniversaries and all the milestones of our lives. We provide a place to grow beyond our individual perspectives and yet also affirm the inherent worth and dignity of every person. This is a place to cultivate love and justice in the cradle of history, acknowledging all that's gone before and with a mind for the future generations. We get to name what is intimately valued and what is ultimately valued in our lives and our society. We have a chance to be good stewards and tend to this world. One of the great joys of this year was my installation 
as the minister with this congregation, my installation with you, our installation on March 21st. I'm reminded of what Reverend Keith Cron said in the charge to the congregation, which I certainly took as my charge as well. He said, he said that our charge would be one, to be a community of joy, two, to be a place of grief, and three, to be a place of service. We need to be a community of joy, to celebrate, to cheer each other on, and to affirm beauty and abundance and fun every chance we can, every chance to make visible the joy in our lives. We need to be a place of grief for all that has been suffered, for all that has been lost, for all that we have not yet even figured out that we have suffered and lost in this past year. We need to be a place to let people work through their grief, help people make sense of the world, and to be a place to, to let that grief be a safe place to be processed and, and considered and understood for as long as that's needed. Congregations are places where grief is held and, and cared for and embraced and understood. And it certainly is for this past year but it's also for so long, for all the grief that is in our lives. This is why I love beloved community so much that what we have struggled with, we get to have a place to hold it here. And thirdly, to be that place of service, to be part of making a difference in our wider world, that we need to be a place, he reminded us, a place with understanding of systemic racism, of uh, bias in disability, of support for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and questioning folk, a place where class can be uh, navigated and understood, where people can see their own story, can see themselves in a beloved place in a community of people, and then go forth and be re-energized to make the world a better place, that we would be so bold and so charged. Joy, grief, a place of justice. We get to live this into our lives, into our values in this coming year, and we are more equipped for it than ever. All the adaptation, all the creativity, this has been in process. We're gonna do social events. We're gonna do multi-platform worship and ministry with the audio-visual upgrades. We're going to strive to make things more accessible as we have been learning all the different ways that people connect with our congregation. We're gonna be communicating in new ways with videos and other media. And when we come together, we get to have a deep practice of being a covenantal community because we're going to have to relearn how to be around each other. We have a chance to be work on that spiritual practice of listening, of asking for and understanding consent and in keeping our promises one to another. This is a year of rebuilding, of reconnection, 
but it's also a year of newness, of new people adapting to an ever-evolving condition in our lives. All of this is our, gets to be our answer to leader, what does the leadership look like for the coming year. And part of that begins today with our annual campaign. When considering your pledge, I invite you to be as generous as possible. Each of us has very particular and personal circumstances in our resources. But given those particulars, how does your financial commitment express the hope and expectation and compassion that you wish to make real, that we can do more together than any one of us alone? We have done so much and we have done so well. This has been a great experiment in congregational life. And we go forth continuing that great experiment as we build for a new day to come and continue to be pilgrims on an adventure of the spirit, even as we encounter our mortal struggles. From Alondria Williams, we arise from the pain, we arise from grief, we rise to be the children and the ancestors, we rise to be our true selves. May we live up to the charge of our ancestors and may we go forth into the world and offer a message of joy, a space of sorrow and commitment to bring love into action in the form of justice. May we be so bold, amen.